Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Well, hey, ACF, man, we are so glad to be with you today. I just got to start off by saying... This is weird. I mean, all of this is weird. There's like a few people in the room. Everything is different. I got Pastor Josh here with me, and uh, this is sort of the new normal for us for uh, at least a season. We're going to go to more of like a conversational style uh, focus here, and and it's just going to be like we're in your living room and you're in ours, and so we're going to have a real talk together uh, with you. And so I want to start off before we get into anything here today with the Word of God. I think of all times, right? We need to be in the word. Um, Absolutely. We need to be centered on what is true. And so this is Matthew uh, chapter six. I want to start off with verse 31 says this. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things will be added to you. So that's where we begin here today is just seeking God's kingdom first and considering that he cares for us more than we can care for ourselves. And in the end, uh, that's, it's just better that way, right? It's better if God cares for us because we can't, in the end, uh, protect anything about ourselves or control anything about our situation. And so uh, we just want to say hello to you. If you're um, maybe sitting in a dorm room somewhere, if you're at a home, if you're at an outpost somewhere, we love you. We're grateful for you. Um, we just want to say we love you. We're grateful for you as well. Also, um, really excited excited today. We have Knack Community Bible Church. We want to say hi to you. You're joining us online. Knack what's up? And so if you don't know where Knack is, it's down by King Salmon, Alaska. And we're just glad that you're part of our church family here for today. And, and if you're part of another church anywhere in uh, the country or in the world, and maybe your church isn't streaming, but you're with us today, we're so glad uh, that you're joining us and that you're part of our family here today. This is going to be kind of a, a, a debriefing and unpacking of where we've been. And then uh, hopefully some some hope for where we're going here. I in hope we have some hope. Future. I hope. I hope there's something to <laughs> I hope, hope for. Hope, yeah, Josh, absolutely. Josh, what's uh, what's this been like for your family so far? How's you, it affected you guys? Man, it's been crazy. You've been skiing. Still, I, I went skiing. Yeah. So, right. um, going skiing is a good way to get outside, and you can you have a mountain, so you can social distance yourself even That's while true. skiing. It's been good, but yeah, no, it's been crazy. Uh, I think just experiencing the same thing everybody else has been. I, I got to share this one story though. Uh, at the beginning of the month, uh, my wife went shopping at Costco like she always does, and uh, her sisters were coming up, so we were getting extra food and everything for the, for the kids coming up and her sisters, and she was going through Costco, and she grabbed a pack of toilet paper. This is before, for some reason, it started disappearing. She grabbed a pack of toilet paper, put it on her cart, and then went, oh, there's not enough room on my cart, and put it back. Bad move. And then went and bought her groceries and left, and now there's no more toilet paper. So funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that was not a good move. But what happened? Come on. But, uh, Come okay, on. yes. Give me some props. Uh, but uh, the Cook family. Yes, we the did. The Cook family brought over. To the rescue. Six rolls of toilet paper. To the rescue. One full pack, and so thank you. Yeah, you're, thank you, my friends. Uh, family. I, that's family. I'll that's, be honest. 
when Amanda family. told me that she gave you six rolls, I was a little freaking out. I thought she gave you one roll, but six. We must really love you guys. One roll. Um, yeah. You know, here's the thing. This, uh, this is a moment for the church. I just want to kind of center Amen. us back on where we're at here today. Yeah. Um, the church really was created for moments like this. And historically, the church has thrived and even grown through challenges and crises that are going on uh, in the community and in the world. And, and uh, one of the things I was reading this week is uh, I love C.S. Lewis. He's always been one of my favorite authors. Uh, Mere Christianity, Screwtape so Letters, so uh, great stuff. But C.S. Lewis um, wrote something down 72 years ago. And and as, as his culture was entering into the atomic age, this man was looking at how people responded, and, and people were freaking out, right? Just like today, people are anxious and worried, and, and certainly there's some things to be anxious about, but he gave their world, their culture, some perspective in his time, and uh, I want to read what he said, and, and every time that C.S. Lewis used the word atomic bomb, I'm going to replace it with pandemic, okay? So I want to read this quote to you, just kind of relax and listen to C.S. Lewis's words to them. And I believe to us here today, he says this, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the pandemic. How are we to live in a pandemic? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. That'd be bad. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the pandemic came. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways anyway. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long, long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. And he finishes with this. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by a pandemic, let that pandemic, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about viruses, it may destroy our bodies, but it need not dominate our minds. And so I love those words, right? I mean, so 72 years ago, uh, dealing with the air raids and dealing with the atomic age, C.S. Lewis said, hey, um, there are things to fear, certainly, but at the same time, um, we have nothing to fear because we have faith in Jesus. And in all of those things, if, because I had some people ask, is this the end? Right. Um, I don't know if anybody's asked you, like, is this the end? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know if it is, but uh, let us be found, if it is, doing things that matter. Let yeah. us be found doing the things that are valuable in this world and loving one another. I mean, that is our call. And so um, we're going to keep being the church, Amen. ACF. That's we're right. going to keep doing what we've done and gathering uh, in this way online. Uh, we're going to keep uh, doing outreach to our city and loving people yeah. uh, across the world. I want to encourage you to, to lean into that wherever you're at and give away some toilet paper, right? <laughs> give away some... 
So if you've just kind of stacked up with all of this stuff to take care of yourself, I, I think one of the best ways to know if you're a hoarder is if you're willing to give some things away, you're not a hoarder, right? If you're willing to serve one another and be generous. And so keep being generous. We're going to keep uh, streaming online. In fact, last week, this was, this was crazy. We had over five times the typical number of people streaming our service online. Typically, we have about uh, 1,200 people view us by the end of a Sunday morning. And uh, last week, it was over 5,000 people awesome. had viewed so uh, awesome. across the world, really. Um, yeah. We had Laura from California. Yeah. We had Brooke in Hawaii, Brent and Liz in Prague, <laughs> Sarah from Oregon, Jessica from Chicago, Kimber from Fairbanks, Sheila from Hawaii, and I love this, Cheryl from Okinawa, Japan. So come nice. on, right? Yeah. We are all together in this in this time. And so one of the things that we just saw in this video was one of our outposts. And so there are changes coming every day. One thing you need to know um, is that we were launching outposts and now we're shutting them down. So uh, that's as quick as it works. Um, We are no longer meeting in homes together, but we're going to be meeting in homes as individuals and as families continuing to do this whole thing together. And so what we're starting are uh, Zoom rooms. We're calling them Zoom rooms. These spaces for you to get together in groups of people and meet with actual other human beings and have conversation. And so you can actually go to acfak.org and all the information is going to be there to get in a Zoom room or a Zoom group. And we'd encourage you to join one of those spaces. Here's kind of the idea. I, I honestly believe even though you're in isolation, you cannot do isolation alone. Like you weren't meant to do isolation alone. You're meant to do isolation in community. And although uh, you got to be alone physically, I think you can be with other people as well. Well, we've just been talking about how it's so funny because the church and like not ACF, but just the church, like we are about proximity, right? And we're about right. community. And right now that's been taken away. So how do we do community and proximity without really being in, in proximity of each other? And fortunately, we do live in a time where we have the technology to do that. I've been in a lot of Zoom meetings this week. And yeah, I've got honest, strain right it's, now. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been really cool. I, I got together with uh, over 20 of our ACF leaders and we just talked about how we're going to be serving our community. And everyone was there sitting on their computer. And so it was great. So connect uh, via Zoom, go get a Zoom account. And and, and like I said, we have all that on our website, but it's really cool and it really does create a community online. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just a, a few challenges for you to continue to be ACF because people have asked like, who is ACF apart from this Sunday morning thing? That's right. And <laughs> We better be something. We better be something. That is the truth. I mean, honestly, for every pastor across the world, we're, we're going like, this is going to show the fruit yeah. of our labor. Amen. And it's That's right. kind of terrifying, right? <laughs> and, and for you, this is going to show the fruit of your relationship with God in many yeah. ways. Like, is it real? Do you really love Jesus? Are you part of the community? Because it's going to take some effort and some work to stay in the family. So first, get into a Zoom group. Yeah. Get into one of those rooms here uh, this week. Make sure you do that. Second, we're going to be uh, issuing some challenges every single week on how you can serve. And so although we might not be serving in proximity with one another, we're going to be serving our community in similar ways at the same time, which is going to be amazing. And then right now here with this gathering, 
um, what I want you to consider doing, if you're streaming online, is go down and be liberal with your shares right now. Share this message. If we've got yeah. a, a few hundred people watching, uh, would you share it right now and just use your influ- influence to build God's kingdom, right? Use yeah. your influence to build the kingdom of God and know that there is power in simply inviting your friends to be part of this. And if you're watching this and you're not a believer in Jesus, you're not a Christian, yeah. you just saw somebody share this, know this, you are part of this community and we believe that we're in this together. Together. Amen. And yeah. so even if you don't believe in God, there's some things that I think we have to say today that we'd love to just encourage you and, and maybe your family with uh, as well. Um, the last thing is we move forward in all of this. Um, the tendency is when we feel scared, it's to, to self-protect, right? The tendency is to hold on to our families, hold on to our stuff, take care of ourselves. And so what we're going to do as a church is the exact opposite of that. Um, Jesus says crazy stuff like, hey, if you want to save your life, You should lose it. And those who lose their lives will actually save their lives. And so as the church today, what we want to do is be really generous during times of crisis and fear and turmoil. And so, in fact, um, kind of get a a little serious here for a moment. This week we heard about two families, specifically, uh, two people in Anchorage who... uh, died tragically, tragic deaths, unexpected deaths, um, and they were connected to people at ACF, uh, people at uh, Heart of the City Church down in Anchorage. We have some connections with them, some great friends down there. And so we heard about this, and then we heard there were four children um, that were left behind to be cared for by the families. And uh, I'm going to respect the privacy, not give a lot of details, but when I heard about this, I thought we got to do something. And and so what I want to encourage you to do is get on your phone or get on your computer, click over to the ACF uh, website and and click the drop down giving tab. And in there, what you're going to see when you go into that portal is a drop down that says care fund. And if you give to that care fund, whatever you give, we're going to give 100% of that to these families just yeah. to just to help ease some of the, the, the tension during this time, help care for those kids really well during this time. I'm sure the, the turmoil is crazy, let alone dealing with the virus right now. Right. And so let's help these families Amen. together and be generous yeah. to them. No, I mean, it is a time to not hoard, like you were saying. And, I, right. and as you're just talking, I can't imagine at a time with such tragedy what you need more than anything is your community to surround you, and they yeah. just can't right now. And so, yeah, please be generous uh, for these families and for their, for their kids. Yeah, so I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to share a couple things. Josh has some text for us today to walk through, and just a challenge, and uh, maybe some hope for you today. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the church. Thank you that we are as much the church today as ever. God, the church has Amen. never been a building. It's never been a Sunday morning gathering. <clears throat> And Father, I just pray that the church would rise up. God, that we today would own our call as believers in Jesus to go to the ends of the earth to to, to share the gospel. God, we know that the mission is just as much our mission today as it was a month ago. And God, we pray that we'd be creative and and willing to do new things and try new things and step out of our comfort zones to serve our neighbors and to love them as ourselves. God, thank you for ACF. Thank you for the church in Naknek. Thank you for our family across the world. Um, And God, we pray you'd give us vision to be your church for today. God, may we never be the same. And may we look more like you every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, you know, I was just thinking how crazy it is how right now, today, everything has changed. And yet at the same time, nothing has changed for us. And that's a really weird place to be in. We don't know how long we're going to be doing online church. Um, We don't know 
what things are going to look like in the future. And, and I do believe, and honestly, I really hope that things don't just go back to the way that they were. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really our prayer. And, and what I want to talk to, uh, about today for just a moment is not to go back to the way things were like before, you know, the coronavirus hit, but I do believe that God can be utilizing this to make great change um, in our communities, in our families, and in us personally. Yeah. And, and part of that change has got to come through crisis. Um, and I want to I look at a passage. I want to look at kind of this moment of change where everything changed for some people in Scripture and, and what it looked like for them. And so we're going to jump into John chapter 21. And we'll start in verse 15. And, and so you know what's happened is Jesus has um, led his life of ministry, lived his life of ministry. He's died, uh, been crucified, rose again from the dead. Um, and now he's kind of revealing himself to his disciples again. He starts revealing himself to other people. And um, while Jesus was being crucified, uh, his disciples, they took off. They scattered out of fear. Um, and this was really the first crisis that they had experienced as being a disciple of Jesus. <laughs> um, up until this point, it was like, oh, there's a problem. Jesus, take care of this. And he does. Mm. And, and so it's like following a rock star, right? right? It's like following a rock, rock star. star you know, I just imagine like every time like Jesus goes to debate, you know, the Pharisees, the disciples are walking up, like just with their chests up Strutting, high, like, yeah. come on, let's go. He's going to win. And, and now Jesus has died. Um, and, and they, they experience real crisis in their life. Um, and so what happens is they scatter, like, right. The, the crisis reveals their character and, and <laughs> oh, they're, so good. they're gone. Yeah. Um, and now Jesus is meeting them again after he's risen from the dead. Mm. And we have this moment on the beach and the disciples are out fishing. And this is what we see. So Peter, he, he, he swims and he's so excited to see Jesus. Um, and I, I'm sure so scared too, because he was one of the ones that declared like, I will not leave you Jesus. And he's gone. Mm. And so we have this moment between Jesus and Peter. And this is what we, this is what we read. John 21, starting in verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said this, he said this to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know, everything, you know, that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you to where you do not want to go. He said this to show him uh, by what kind of death he would glorify God. After, uh, after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Huge. And, and, and what you're seeing here is this moment for Peter. And, and I'm going to be honest, this hit me this week as I was preparing to talk this, uh, this morning what, and what hit me was this, Jesus' second offering of a follow me. 
See, the first time Jesus and Peter met, Peter's out fishing. He is none the wiser of what's about to happen to his life. He's doing his just routine, and boom, there's this moment. Jesus shows up and says, follow me. And Simon Peter is like, okay. So he starts following Jesus. And that leads to the next three years of his life of, of really discipleship and, and, and learning who Jesus was. But then after the crisis, even in the midst of the crisis, there's this second calling on Peter, this second follow me. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about this morning, because I think a lot of this, uh, I was going to say a lot of us in this room, but uh, there's not a lot of us in this room. <laughs> you guys are you. watching online, and even for me personally, I know in my life, um, we, we kind of live in that first calling, um, and, and we stay in that first calling. Um, <laughs> And that first calling is a good thing. That first calling is discipleship, right? That first calling is when we first hear about Jesus and and we get excited about him and we start to follow him and we're seeing God work miracles in our lives and maybe it's healing relationships or, you know, whatever it might be, but we live in that first calling and that first calling feels really good, right? Yeah. Like that first calling is a safe place to live in, Um. I feel like uh, just, yeah. I mean, if I can interrupt, just absolutely. I feel like heaven, we've been in that place, many of us, um, just as a culture, like as a Western culture, we have yeah. lived, can we just be honest, super comfortable? Like, yeah. uh, I don't even, I don't even think we realize, um, and, and I'm sure everybody's got problems and challenges yeah. and, and, and maybe you've lost a job and right now we're dealing with some, some major challenges, That's but right. For most of us, let's be honest, especially in the U.S., we've kind of skipped across the surface and felt pretty comfortable. Um, life has been fairly easy for a lot of people. And, and although we've had some challenges, as we look at a global scale and we look at our brothers and sisters uh, across the world, they just don't live like we live. And we were called to Jesus in that type of a setting. Yeah. And maybe somebody said, hey, do you want to follow Jesus? Here's what it means. Here's who he is. And we're like, Sure. That sounds good. Yeah. You know, like I'll drop my net for a few minutes and, and go and follow this Jesus and see what happens. And, you know, maybe we'll do some cool things and see some yeah. people get healed. And, yeah. you know, there's an excitement to it. And, and I think for a lot of people, your initial calling is sort of like, there's a certain, you know, like naivety to our first yeah. encounter Absolutely. with what it means to follow Jesus. Right. I mean, we don't know what it's going to entail. Right. Certainly Peter didn't know it was coming for him no. when he said yes to following Jesus, right? Absolutely. Even when Peter starts to realize who Jesus is, that he is the son of God, like this is the Messiah. I, I found him or he found me. He doesn't, he still doesn't connect the dots like stuff's about to happen. Like right. it's going to go into crisis mode before um, it kind of goes into like glory mode, if you would say. Like he was right. expecting the glory without the crisis. Like Jesus has shown up. He's kicking Rome out. We're going to rule the place. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, but Again, crisis, it, it reveals our character. And, mm. and what was shown in Peter was like, there was still this, this character of self-preservation. There was this character of, you know, I, I, when it gets tough, I don't want to have any part of this. And right. he, he kind of walked through this, this crisis moment in his life. Well, and I mean, one of the things that, like, let's get real about this. I think as Christians, um, so for me as a pastor, when people started talking to me initially about this whole thing going on, the question was, are you going to cancel church? Are you going to keep doing this thing? And I felt this stress, like, I don't know. And, and so, you know, I got our lead team together. I got our staff together. We started talking about it and um, trying to figure out what would, 
What would be the best thing to do for people? And even amongst pastors and in Christian circles, there was like a tension that was felt where you got a crowd that's like, hey, if you love people, you will not meet, right? right? You won't get together because we're here to care for the most vulnerable in our city and in our world. And so that might mean that, you know, we we don't meet for a little while, which I completely agree with. And then there's this other crowd that was like, we should not fear, right? We should not fear. And so, so if you don't fear, then you'll meet. You should get together, do whatever you want because, yeah. you know, we're not here to fear. And really for me, I just kept feeling this tension and I realized in the end, we're asking the wrong question. We're talking yeah. about the wrong topic. Really, yeah. the question is this, what does love require of me? Yeah. What does it mean to love the people around me? And in every scenario, that could look different, right? Yeah. And that means that, like putting myself on the line and going, hey, I'm going to isolate for the sake of love right now. Yeah. But here's maybe the scary part is like, what would it mean to not isolate at a certain point? What would it mean to show up at somebody's house and say, hey, uh, do you need help getting groceries or uh, maybe help with some supplies or just take care of you right now? What would it mean for us to put ourselves in that situation uh, see, we're not comfortable with that because I right. think I think we really idolize personal safety. Yeah. I think it's something we worship is that we take care of ourselves. And even, even the idea that we'd risk anyone else seems completely unloving. And so it just gets a little bit more difficult than simply, well, you know, if you love them, you'll stay apart. Um, if you're fearless, then you'll get together. Um, in the end, we need church, we need to be people of prayer. Um, we yep. need to be hearing the spirit of God, uh, of God speaking to us and then just walk in step with him in that, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and yeah, we, you can't be led by fear, but you also have to be wise and like, man, how are we loving people around us? What is the best way? And right. so like, I know my parents, I'm like, I don't want anyone going over their house, right? They're, right. they're right. older and, and, and this could really affect them. And so, it's definitely, you have to hold those two tensions in reality. And, but as you guys are watching right now, and, and to be honest, this is the new normal uh, for the foreseeable future. And as we kind of collectively, not kind of, collectively, we are in the middle of a crisis yeah. and, and we're trying to catch up with it. This is such a great moment to grow in your walk with Jesus, to, to grow into that second calling, because I can guarantee you that Jesus is calling out to you to come into a deeper place and a deeper relationship with him. And, and he just may be using this crisis to make that a reality in your life. And for just a second, I want to look at kind of the difference between the first calling and the second calling in Peter's life that we see in knowing Jesus. See, the first calling was all about being discipled by Jesus. It was the three-year discipleship. But the second calling was about discipling others. It was no longer Jesus was there And not that we're not ever continuing to be learners of Jesus, but Jesus wasn't there physically for Peter. And his role and his job was to disciple others and and to launch the local church. Um, The first calling was about watching Jesus work. The second calling was about working through crisis, working through other people's crisis with them. No longer watching the master work, but doing the work yourself. Um, the, the, the first calling was about, it came with a little crisis. Like there, I'm sure there were moments that were tough because they were following Jesus. I'm sure there was these little kind of moments that were like, oh man, if I wasn't with him right now, this wouldn't have been awkward, as awkward like the woman at the well or something like that. Um, but then the second calling, 
It, it, was, it was a call through some major crisis that Peter had just experienced with the death of his rabbi, right? The death of his friend, the death of his leader. And, and not just the death, but the execution of it, the, the trial of it, the accusation that came with it. Like this was major, major crisis. And the second calling was a calling through that and now into something else. Because even in the scripture we read, Jesus speaks to the way Peter's going to die. Right. He says, look, you're going to go where you don't want to go, but it is to God's glory. Mm. And there's this second calling. And, and maybe I'm just wondering, is there a second calling happening right now in your life? An opportunity to really, truly go deeper with your walk with Jesus. Like maybe you've been a Sunday kind of Christian where you show up on Sunday and, and you worship God with the worship team and you hear the message and you think, that's really good. I can't wait till next week, right? And now it's gone. Like you, you can't show up. Now you're watching online and we really appreciate that and love that, but you're not with people. You're not in proximity with other experience. believers. It's yeah. a different experience. And so are you going to take control of your walk with Jesus in, in growing deeper with him, in, in saying yes to the things he's calling you to? Like now is the opportunity for you to grow inside of that. I think maybe even like for the church global, I mean, there's a call to an awakening yeah. right Amen. now. Amen. <laughs> That's um, so true. I mean, when he says that, you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself <laughs> and walk wherever you wanted. Yeah. And I was just reading that going, we can't walk wherever we want to walk right now. <laughs> like we can't go wherever we want to go That's right now. So true. It's like, it's been removed from us and we've encountered this crisis. And for Peter, I love it that it says, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and you're going to give up your life for the sake of the gospel. And that there was, there was a foreshadowing of the maturity and growth that would come in the life of Peter through the crisis of realizing, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm not able to do the things I used to, to be able to do. And for, for many of us, I think that's going on right now. There, there's an awakening being called out of the church today that Amen. now you, that you can't have what you want and walk where you want to walk and go where you want to go. Will you outstretch your hands and, and, and be willing to actually die for the sake of the gospel, whatever that means, right? Yeah. I mean, and we've always taken those words as that's a metaphor. I like that being a metaphor. <laughs> I don't want to actually physically die for Amen. the gospel. Amen. Um, but what if, what if, that's, what if that's the call, right? Yeah. What, if, right. what if God would call us to do that? And, and maybe it begins, and I know that's not God's call for everyone, but maybe it does begin with a certain next level of understanding that I need to give up my life. Like I need to give up myself. Uh, maybe you got baptized, but you're like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't let that old self die. Yeah. You know, I got baptized. I told everybody I was a Christian, but that old self is still sort of alive. And maybe today is your invitation to let go of that old self and to be crucified with Christ, dead yeah. and buried and resurrected to new life as he would call you to do. And that's an invitation for everybody watching that's here right. today, no matter where you're at. Right. Um, maybe you're just like, man, I just started thinking about God because of this whole thing. And God's been a million miles away in my yeah. mind. Yeah. And if that's you, man, I just want you to know God is waiting with open arms Amen. and ready to welcome you into his family, into something so much better for you. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and here's the point, like, here, here's the thing you need to know, like, it's not crisis for the sake of crisis, 
right? It's not like suffer for suffering's sake because that's what God wants for you. No, there's, there's right. so much more on the other side of that second calling. There's so much more for you. And I want to read this, this verse in Romans. It's, it's Romans chapter five and Paul's writing. He's talking about suffering and this is what he says. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, God is building something in you, just like he was building something in Peter, right? This second calling was calling Peter into something great. It wasn't calling him just into a life of suffering for the sake of suffering because Peter just didn't live like 24-7, you know, all, all the time suffering, but it was through the suffering. Peter allowed himself to walk into that second calling. And through that, he experienced perseverance and character and and hope. And at the end of the day, that is what we have. Mm. As believers, as the church, what do we have to offer? We have hope. Hope in a crisis, whether it's the coronavirus, whether it's losing a job, or maybe you've been in a crisis that happened way before the coronavirus ever kicked off. And you've been walking in this thing that feels hopeless to know that there is real hope today where you are at. And, and, and that is what we have to offer. And, and that is the, the, the truth of this is you can't really learn hope until you walk through crisis. That's true. You know, you can't learn about how good it is and how sweet it tastes until you find yourself in these places. Mm. And, and crisis, it doesn't have to produce hope though. Right? Like it's true. We, yeah. we get to decide what we do with it and where we go with it. it. That second calling to Peter, Peter could have gone, you know what? That was really difficult. I don't want to do that ever again. I'm out. And, and he would never have experienced the hope, the hope of the Savior after that. Right. And so as you're in crisis, as we're walking in this crisis mode right now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to choose to go deeper with that walk with Jesus to at the end of the road, what is waiting for you is Jesus and was waiting for you, this beautiful hope. Um, and, and kind of as, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I want to end with this verse because in the middle of difficult times, and, and this is so true, um, and, and you would never know this unless you experience it, you can still experience joy you can still experience happiness like today, right, right now. Um, in the loss of a job, you can have joy and happiness. Uh, in the loss of the be- ability to get out and do the things you love, you can have joy and happiness. In the loss of even loved ones. Uh, I know your family has recently walked through the loss of a loved one. I know Malia and I personally have walked through losses of loved ones. And in that there is still hope and there is still joy that can be found. Mm-hmm. And this is what Peter, that, that same Peter, the same Peter that stood on the beach uh, that morning with Jesus after he had uh, deserted him um, and, and, and received that second calling, that Peter, this is what he writes. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ Uh, the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is within you. Mm. 
And what Peter is writing, he's writing to a church that is under extreme persecution. They are dying for their faith. And what Peter writes to them, he says, look, you should be ready at any circumstance to give a reason for the hope that is within you. In other words, what he's saying is when you're out and about, when you're out doing your thing, people should see a hope within you. And if everyone's fearful, if everyone's afraid, if there seems to be no joy, if there seems to be no happiness, what people should be seeing in you is joy, is happiness for the hope that you have. You know that your hope is not in this world. You know your hope is not in your retirement. You know your hope is not just in your family. It has to be greater than that. And that hope in Jesus supersedes all of those things. And so in that time of crisis, you can have real hope that comes through that second calling. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's what I want to do um, as we wrap up. If, if you're watching this and maybe you are realizing that um, if there was a faith in you, it, it was pretty weak. And, and, and maybe you're even feeling pretty weak right now. Like I'm not strong enough for this. Yeah. I just want you to know that place of weakness is the best place to cry out to God. Amen. It is the right place to, to go, God, just would you, would you meet me right here in my living room, right here in the car, just wherever you're at, that is the right place to cry out to him. And, That's right. and if you're doing that right now, we want to encourage you. We want to get some resources to you. And so just in the comments, would you just type the word first step? And, uh, and that's just uh, indicating to us that you're taking a first step with Jesus and you're wanting to trust in him and, and give your life to him. And, and we just want to get you some resources, send you some stuff to encourage you, be praying for you on that journey. And so uh, if you would, would you just pray with me as we continue on in worship here uh, today? Father, we're confronted with uh, the reality of who we are. And God, we acknowledge that in so many ways we've lived fairly comfortable lives as people who live in the West. And God, I confess that it's, it's been really easy in so many ways to call myself a follower of Jesus. And yet, God, I know there are deeper things that you want, not just from me, but for me and for ACF Church and for the church global. So Father, I pray right now, would you convict us of the ways that we've been unfaithful? God, like Peter, for Peter to walk into this next season of his life, he had to be honest about his sin. And yet I love that Jesus was willing to receive him as soon as it was acknowledged. And so Father, we acknowledge our sin before you as individuals, as as the church global, God, we stand together and say, God, there's so many ways we've been unfaithful to you. And yet, God, you have loved us despite that and you reach out to us today. And God, you are inviting us into something better, something not temporary. God, something that can't be stolen by a virus or by a a financial crisis. God, you're inviting us into an eternal family and an eternal kingdom that's centered around your goodness and your grace. So God, I pray we'd walk faithfully into that kingdom, God. And this week that our neighbors in this city and in this community and the whole state of Alaska, God, in the world beyond would see the hope that's within us by the way that we live and by the way that we love. May we be generous. God, may we love well. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.
for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.